Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. How are you guys doing today? All right. We're in the middle of this uh, series. Actually, we've kind of gotten over the third message. We're here in the fourth message called Giants Will Fall. Man, I'm, I'm loving this because, um, you know, I've, I've been doing it. I've just been applying it to my life on a weekly basis. I've been, I was praise God for seven days. It was awesome to see some things happen. And then Emily brought this incredible message on the word. I memorized a brand new verse and started slinging the word in different areas. And then, and then we talked about prayer last week. And um, powerful things, listen, are happening. Um, I'm praying for you. Uh, I'm, I'm praying, I'm believing that giants are falling uh, in your life, things that held you back and, and uh, loud voices that kept you stuck in life. They are falling in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've been looking at the story of David and Goliath, pretty popular one. 12-year-old boy defeats a menacing nine-foot giant. The story is so significant on many levels. It not only teaches us how to defeat our giants, but it shows us the powerful impact it can have on others. Because I wonder who was in the crowd that day when David killed the giant. I wonder who else was inspired to follow their destiny. Well, let me give you a little glimpse 2 Samuel 23, 8 through 12. These are the names of David's mighty warriors. Josh, I'm going to call him. I'm not going to attempt that. Josh was chief of the three. He raised the spear against 800 men whom he killed in one encounter. Next to him was Eliezer, son of, you got it, as, as one of the three mighty warriors. He was, he was with David when they taunted the Philistines, gathered at that place for battle when the Israelites retreated. But Eleazar stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. Verse 11, next to him was Shammah, son of A.G., when the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils, Israel's troops fled from them, but Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck the Philistines down, and the Lord brought about a great victory. And if you read on in verse 39, it says there were 37 in all. David inspired 37, and he inspired more than 37 to do mighty things for God because we're here today, all because he conquered one giant. And someone else is waiting for you to take down your giant so they can be the next giant killer. See, those giants hinder you and I from living the life of freedom God intended. The good news is that God has made a way for these giants to fall through Jesus. We have the authority, the power, and the spiritual weapons, say spiritual weapons, to take down any stronghold that stands in our way. So how does a spiritual weapon work? Well, it works by faith and with your imagination. That's how they work. 
when, when I met Emily, we, I say this quite a bit, this really, uh, I think, built the foundation for our marriage, which was we would, just, we would walk and talk and pray all around town, kind of inner city, Grand Rapids. We'd walk around there and talk and pray for you know, hours. We'd walk around neighborhoods and pray for houses. And I remember one day we were walking by this particular house and they had a huge picture window in front. And in that picture window was a, was a large aquarium with a skull in it. I don't think it was real. I hope it wasn't, but a skull, a, a snake, other things. I'm like, just, it just, just, I'm like, man, that's not right. That just looks, that's not good. You know, <clears throat> the worst thing was kids would walk by this house going to school every single day. And I knew that. I thought, mm, Lord, I don't want them to see that. I don't want to see that. <clears throat> so we walk by and every day I'd be like, Lord, I pray you clean that house out. Whatever's going on in that house, Listen, if you saw it, you'd, you'd, you'd feel the same way. <clears throat> Whatever's going on in that house, Lord, I pray you'd clean it out. I pray, you'd, I, pray, I pray that that window would be clean for those kids when they walk by to school, that they don't have to see that every day. And I, and I walk by, and, and Monday and, and Tuesday, it was still there. Walk by again Wednesday, it was still there. But I kept praying. I said, Lord, just, I don't like that there. And I don't think you like it there. By Friday, I walked by gone. The window was clean. I think they moved. I mean, God bless them. I'm praying for them too. I'm not praying against them. I'm praying against a real spiritual thing that was happening, you guys. That's just how it works. With faith and with your imagination. So whether your giant is relational, physical, or emotional, the Holy Spirit will impact all of those areas. These spiritual weapons will impact everything in a great degree. Look at 2 Corinthians 10, 3-4. It says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. Come on. To knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Listen, as Christians, we battle with invisible spiritual weapons. And oh yeah, as I alluded to last week, this is a fight-starting series. Your spiritual weapon released will wake up a giant. Your praise will instigate a battle. The word will stir up some trouble. Your prayer will mess with the devil. But see, that's good. You want to expose that giant. Isn't that what Jesus did? He came to start a fight. And obviously to win it. See, true Christianity is not necessarily safe. Christianity is not always comfortable. It's confrontational, right? Not against people, but a real spiritual enemy. Okay, that's my, that's my intro for the message today, so let's start here. Sometimes the giant is around you, and sometimes the giant is within you. Sometimes it's an inner battle, a deeper issue. So this is a deeper spiritual and, and emotional moment today because you may be battling the intimidating and threatening voice of the enemy from within. And that giant has occupied your soul. It has infiltrated your heart. It has lied to you. It has broken in and claimed squatter's rights and that giant must be evicted immediately. See, Goliath had gotten down deep on the inside and paralyzed an entire army and their king. 
And how do you know if it's a giant within? That's easy. There will be a constant, prevalent, negative emotion that produces destructive words and actions and oppression. There's a constant tension, a persistent nagging feeling, and it's coming from your soul, the inside you. Let me ask you a simple question. How are you feeling lately? Are, are, are you consistently waking up with a negative feeling and with thoughts and words that are hurtful? That's an indication that a giant's in your soul. Sometimes the giant is around you, and sometimes the giant is within you. And thank God Jesus gives us another powerful spiritual weapon to deal with and defeat the enemy within. Amen? The blood. Say the blood. Because the blood will start to break through. The blood will open the dam. The blood gets the ball rolling. It's the blood of the lamb that will lead us to victory. The blood. Say the blood. Like I mentioned before with my kids, this is great parenting. No, it isn't. No. Whenever I want to get their attention, I knew this early on that that word kind of got them going. Whenever I'd pop into the room, I'd go, blood. And they go, where? I'd say, just to get their attention, blood. (laughs) It's funny. randomly on different occasions just say that because listen that got their attention and God wants to get our attention today regarding the blood the blood this isn't some weird message hopefully it'll make sense to you it's a spiritual weapon to defeat your giant look at this in revelation 12:11 they triumphed over him the devil that's what we're talking about by the what blood of the lamb say blood of the lamb They triumphed over the devil by the blood of the lamb. By the way, that scripture hasn't happened yet. But God is showing us now how they win in the future and how we can win today. They defeated the devil and his mission to steal, kill, and destroy by the blood of Jesus. How? Well, they didn't have some bag of blood they threw at the enemy. No. They had faith in his blood. They believed what the blood would do. It was deep. It was real. See, some only have surface faith. But God wants to give us blood faith, a faith that goes deeper. You guys still here? And how many of us truly know how deep this power runs and all that is provided for us? Even more importantly, how many of us pray it, speak it, and apply it in our lives? I can't wait this week to do this against the enemy. From Genesis to Revelation, the words the blood are kept right before our eyes as a constant reminder of the importance and significance to God and to us. The Bible says the blood of Jesus speaks a better word. In other words, his blood can talk. It can talk. It says, I'm going to settle this matter once and for all. I'm going to fix this thing for good. I'm going to heal, restore, and rescue you. Listen, there's power in the blood. And the blood of Jesus, listen, is the greatest expression of God's love towards you and I. Look at this, 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19. For you know 
that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Listen, the power of the blood has provided everything we need to live the life that Jesus offers, a life of victory, deliverance, healing, protection, and authority over the devil. All we need today is a little faith in the blood. Just a little faith in the blood. Look at Hebrews 9. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Did you hear that? The blood of Christ will purify our consciences. See, the blood will purify your conscience. Do you ever wonder how to spell that word, by the way? It's such a weird word. I'm going to help you. Conscience. I could never spell that word, but I'm, okay, conscience. Conscience. This is a little, little uh, gift for you today. Because I know you want to learn how to spell it. I didn't know. Conscience. That makes it easier. Conscience. That's the inside you. Listen, faith in the blood will defeat the giant within. The blood will put a stop to the crippling voice of the enemy. The blood will stop the annoying accusations of the evil one that mess with your mind on a daily basis. Because it's one thing to knock a giant down, but it's another to shut him up for good. <laughs> right? Isn't that what David did? He took Goliath's head the place where his pie hole was. See, you know when you have total victory over your giant when you don't hear his loud voice anymore. I have. Have you ever woken up hearing that shame, shame or things that he's bringing up your past? That's, that's a giant. That's a giant. So let me help build your faith in the blood of Jesus today. Let me show you what the blood says and does. It was the blood that protected God's people when the angel of death passed over Egypt. I don't even remember that story. Remember, remember God sends Moses to, to set God's people free and, 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 and Pharaoh wouldn't let him go. And so, and so plague after plague, he was saying, Pharaoh, let him go. I'm bringing some frogs. I'm bringing some all these flies. I'm bringing all these things, and just to try to get you to release my people. And he wouldn't do it. He even hunkered down even more. That's what Pharaoh did. But all who put the blood of a lamb over the doorpost of their homes would be protected when that final thing went over Egypt to try to break Pharaoh, break him free from Pharaoh's claws. And it worked. And the blood over the doorpost was the final straw that broke the back of the enemy. And it opened the gates of freedom. Listen, all of God's kids escaped Egypt that day because of the blood. And I want to say this, hey, it might be time to pray the blood over your home and your family.
It just might be time to do that. And it is the blood that says this. My debt is paid in full once and for all. It says I'm completely forgiven. I am healed. I'm spiritually alive. I have the power to overcome the enemy. I'm no longer under the curse of the law. I'm near to God. I have the favor of God. I've been declared right with God, justified, just as if I'd never sinned. The blood says, I am free, I am loved, I am chosen, I am his. I'm no longer condemned, and I can boldly come into God's presence and ask for anything I need in my life right now. There's power in the blood. But let me tell you about the one who shed his blood and won the fight. He's faithful. He's true. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's a grace giver. He's our conquering king, our mighty hero. He radically changes lives. He performs miracles. He's the savior of the world. He is our loyal and loving friend, and there's no one like him. He gave his life and shed his blood for you and me. Jesus alone did that. Come on, right? we got to go a little deeper this morning. Je- Muhammad didn't do that. Buddha didn't do that. All those other dudes that claim to be who they are. Listen, I'm sure there are great guys at some point in time, but they're not the savior of the world. They didn't shed their blood for me. Listen, listen. If we were worth dying for, then he is certainly worth living for. Well, then how do I get the blood flowing in my life? Great question. Let me say this first. A person's past doesn't determine their future. Their choices today determine it. Right? It's the choices today that determine it. The blood starts flowing with a few simple choices. Let me help today. First, admit it. Say admit it. Admit it. If you want the blood to start flowing, just admit when there's a giant. Admit the problem within, not the problem around you. That's way too easy. It's easy to point a finger at something or someone else. But just admit the problem within. Come on. Just be honest with yourself. Listen, if you're fearful, just admit it. If you're struggling with pride, be honest. If there's a sin that keeps you stuck, talk to God and a trusted friend. Honest open, transparent. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm hot. Oh, come on. I'm hot. I'm honest, I'm open, and I'm transparent. It's the only time I can say that in my whole life. <laughs> Look at this, Jeremiah 6, 14. You cannot heal a wound by saying it's not there. And you cannot kill a giant by saying it's not there. Pride or self-protection, there's no need to change. That's what we say. Everything's fine. I'm good. We're good. And you might be. But maybe not. See, there are too many who are suffering with giants daily because they just won't admit the giant within. 
So Jesus has a way of getting right to the root of the problem. He is the best at getting under the skin, under our skin, for a good reason. One day he says this to all of his followers. Look at this, John 6, 51 through 55. I'm the living bread that comes down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread which I will offer to the world, to the world may live, is my flesh. Then the people began to, listen, they began to argue with each other about what he meant. Let me just say this. When Jesus starts getting under the skin, starts getting in the area where the giant is, usually arguing happens, right? Even James says, hey, hey, how come there's fighting? How come you guys are fighting? Isn't it because you have something inside that you want so bad that you can't have? Giant within. Am I at the right church this morning? Remember, all these come to me first, these messages. Look at this, you guys. How can this man give us flesh to eat? They asked. So Jesus said it again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood is eternal life. And I'll raise that person up the last day, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Oh my. Talk about shaking things up. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. Why bring this up today, Dan? It's too early in the morning. Well, because we are his followers. And we must be challenging with a deeper truth so that Jesus can get under our skin, so that he can test our faith, so that he can find a giant. We must let the Holy Spirit go a little deeper. Jesus wasn't being literal. He was challenging them within. He was exposing their giant. Now here's the rest of that story. Look at many, this is what happens when, when God goes deep, you guys. And I know you know this because we all understand this. When God starts, when, when, God, when the Holy Spirit starts going deep, look at Many of his disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Matter of fact, when you say, I don't understand what I just read, be encouraged. That's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Come on. That means that you're in the word and you're, you're not, you know what I'm saying? Like the Holy Spirit is saying, it's okay. See, the Holy Spirit is right. The Holy Spirit is saying, hey, 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 let's move forward. He said Jesus was, un, Jesus was aware, listen, that his disciples were complaining. Look at that, complaining. So he said to them, does this offend you? Look at the stuff he's getting at. He's getting right there. He said, oh, why are you complaining? Why, are you offended? Two very prevalent results when there's a giant lurking in a soul. Come on. There'll be a lot of complaining. I've been there before, and, and you'll get, you're easily offended. Come on. Anybody here today? Get rid of that giant. He's not doing you any good. He's trying to, he's trying to, he's in a place, he's not allowed there. Don't let him in. That's your house. But look at this, verse 16. Then, then what will you, if, listen, what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? Look at this verse. It's like, if you don't let me in your soul now, when I say bye-bye, you're going to think I was some illusion or a UFO. And you'll forget me just like that. You'll just forget me, right? 
verse 63, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I've spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. Whew. And look what happened in John 6, 6, 6. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Oh, my goodness. So, listen, Jesus challenged them with a hard thing. He exposed their giants called pride. And here's what Jesus was saying to them. He's saying, just admit it. You really don't want to get close to me. Are you here only for what I can give you? Are you here only for the blessing? Listen, I want you. I want your heart, but you only want my hand. You love the signs and wonders, but I want to give you my heart and eternal life. I'm not sure if you really want that. That's what he was saying. Listen, it's okay if you don't understand something. It's okay if the Bible makes you uncomfortable sometimes. God can work with that. But they refused it. They wouldn't accept it. They wouldn't admit it. They let their pride get in the way that day. And listen, they walked away. And I get it. It's uncomfortable to be hot. I'm telling you, man. Kevin knows that. It's uncomfortable to be honest, open, and transparent. <laughs> Come on, don't forget that, you guys. It's uncomfortable, right? It can be. We don't want to let people in. We don't want to. Well, God already knows. He knows what's going on inside. But many times what's going on inside is a giant that keeps us trapped. It's critical to our freedom to admit it. The first step to change is to admit it, you guys. Until you recognize the issue as your problem, as your problem, as your problem, as your, not their problem, as your problem, you'll never work toward a solution. Do you hear that? Until we recognize it as its own problem, I'll never work toward a solution. So start by getting hot with yourself and admitting it. It reminds me, and we're almost done, again, as far as you know, but, um, it reminds me when I first got into ministry 20-ish years ago. Man, it was just a green, just, just, but, but I, knew, I knew something. I remember this guy came in. We, we'd been uh, helping his family get free, and they were, they, were, they were progressing, but he never came. But one day he came to my office, and he was mad. He, he was mad because his family was getting freedom. And so he's like, what are you doing? My, what, are you, what are you saying? You know, all these things, they were speaking a different language now. They were talking about Jesus, and they were born again, and he wasn't. And he came in, and, and, he, and I remember him. I'm, just, I'm just, just, just listening. And he stands up, and he puts his hand, and he slams his hand on my desk like this. I said, I think that's anger. <laughs> he goes, I'm Italian. No, no, no. I'm just being honest. I, I, think, I think you've got some anger. <laughs> That's all I knew. And um, listen, eventually, you try to pawn it off like he's, like he's Italian. He calmed down and realized it was anger and pride that was keeping him from a good marriage. He finally, he finally received it. Love that. 
Listen, just admit it, right? Say, just admit it. And second, apply it. Say, apply it. (laughs) This is where the enemy tries to win. People continue to struggle simply because they do not put action to what they've just heard. God has given us powerful spiritual weapons to take down giants, but sadly those weapons are just thoughts and never utilized. Listen, man, your pastor, every day, I'm not saying this, I'm just saying, I'm just like you. I got to put this into action. I got to praise God every day. I want to praise God every day. Like Once you start doing it, it's like, oh man, this is great. I love this. Look at James 2.26. For as the body... Without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Faith without works is dead, not partially alive. Faith without application has zero life and produces zero results. Do you hear that? Zero. See, when you're feeling down, Start praising, sing a song, listen to worship, apply it. When you need direction, when you need wisdom, when you need some hope, find a promise. Read your Bible and put it into action. When you need an answer, don't just think about praying. Say something out loud, use your voice, apply it. And if you need healing, when you need to be rescued, if you need a breakthrough, the blood. Apply the blood. Declare his blood. Start speaking it over your giant. Let's try it. Can we try it as we we finish? Say this out loud. Say the blood of Jesus over my heart, over my mind, over my soul. The blood of Jesus over my family. The blood of Jesus over my friends. Is that easy? Now say this. Say the blood says, I'm forgiven. I am healed. I am alive. I have the power to overcome the enemy. I am no longer under a curse. The blood says, I am free. I am near to God. I have the favor of God. I've been declared right with God. Justified by God. Just as if I'd never sinned. Woo! That, those are all the things the blood does and says for us. Almost done. Say this. Say the blood says, I am loved. I am chosen. I am his. I am no longer condemned. I can boldly come into God's presence and ask for help and grace in my time of need right now. There's power in the blood. Hey, way to go. Way to go. You just applied it. That's what you just did. See, every week I'm going to get our our first day out of the way. You're good. Today you're good with the blood. You're doing it, right? Feel free to keep doing it, though, throughout this day. Because listen, when you apply it, my last point is this, watch God defeat it. Watch God defeat it. We, listen, we had an incredible miracle happen in in our extended family. 
in the last few days. Something that looked impossible, a relationship that looked impossible to be restored. Okay, Lord, I must have been losing power. Uh, Got it. Thank you, Jesus. The blood, the blood, the blood over this technology. When you apply it, listen, watch God defeat it. You don't have to live with that giant anymore. You can declare victory today. Come on. You don't have to make the same mistakes, struggle with the same issues. The Bible was written so that we wouldn't get stuck in struggle to addiction or some generational stronghold. Now, let me, let me just say this. I'm not going to go into this. But when, the, when God said, put the blood over the doorpost, do you know what he was saying? He was saying, I'm going to stop that generational stuff. Um, your kids don't have to deal with what you dealt with. Your kids don't, come on, your kids won't go through it. Why? Because the blood, it stopped it once and for all, you guys. The blood. You don't have to repeat it. You can let Jesus defeat it with his blood. One more time, here's that verse, uh, Revelation 12, 11. They triumphed over him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb. Listen, the blood promises victory take your spiritual weapons and keep slinging them at your giant he will fall don't give up don't walk away even though it doesn't look the way you want it to yet even though you don't understand it yet don't walk away keep moving towards your giant because when the giant falls the reward comes and just because you caved in doesn't mean you gave up. And just because you fell doesn't mean you quit. Just get back up. Keep moving towards God and at your giant. You're farther than you know, and you're stronger than you think. And what has God been developing in this place, even in this series? God is developing maturity. Emily alluded to it. Maturity. He's building character. He's refining us. He's purifying us. We don't, we don't believe in some fantasy. We believe by faith what Jesus, that Jesus is the Son of God and that he shed his blood to save us and to defeat our enemy, to see our giant fall. Pray this prayer with me. It's a blood prayer. Put your hand over your, this area, hearts. I always call this my soul. I feel like this is where all the stuff happens over your soul, and I want you just to say this with me with conviction in your heart, with a deeper faith in this moment. Say, thank you, God, that this giant is defeated through faith in the blood of Jesus. I believe Jesus and his blood cancels the curse and breaks every stronghold. Thank you that my sins, my mess-ups, all my mistakes are canceled and the curse is stopped by the blood of the Lamb. I declare this in the precious and powerful name of Jesus. 
Amen. Come on, can you give it up for Jesus today? It's all about him and the blood. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. And so here's our seven-day challenge. It's blood week. <laughs> it's blood week. The seven-day blood challenge. All you got to say is the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, or whatever pops up, the blood of Jesus over my mind. The blood of Jesus over my kids, over my family. The blood of Jesus over the church. The blood of Jesus over our plans. The blood of Jesus over these strongholds. The, when you recognize them, just say the blood. The blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb. Amen. So be okay to admit it and be good to apply it and watch God defeat it. Let me pray over you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, today. Holy Spirit, I'm... I'm uh, just, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are going to wake everybody up Monday morning. You're going to remind them tonight, God, the power of the blood. And we're not just going to, oh, listen to it and think about it. We're going to declare it. We're, we're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna sling the blood just like a stone towards our giant or, or towards someone else's giant, God. We're going to do that this week. Seven-day blood challenge. It's going to be a bloody week. But, but, Lord, it's your blood. Your blood's going to cover things that we never even thought about. It's going to get into the nooks and crannies of our soul, things that we didn't even know were there. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Have a great week. Don't miss next week as we finish it up. Love you guys. We're honored that you are with us today please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E.org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.